We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Hello, everybody, and welcome back for week two NFL preseason for the Friday night slate. I'm going to be your host today, Sean, PSU fans to Newsham. We have a three-game slate tonight. We're going to run through each and every team so you guys are familiar with the plays that we like for tonight and so that you guys have a bit of strategy going in. Uh, first thing to note with tonight's slate is the first two games, the Panthers, Patriots, and Saints, Packers, have both had joint scrimmages this week. What that typically means is that more back-end guys play during the preseason games and starters typically sit. Uh, we do have conflicting reports with regards to the Patriots, which we'll talk about as we go here, but we might see more back-end guys play here than we normally would. We're going to start here with the Carolina Panthers. Uh, we've heard reports that they are mainly going to play second and third stringers. So it's been rumored that P.J. Walker will start in this game. So we do not expect to see Baker Mayfield or Sam Darnold for the Panthers. I actually think it's a pretty good spot for Matt Coral to get a extended run here. Uh, last week, he did not play as much as one would hope, but with his mobility, uh, I think he has at least the possibility to play half, maybe more in certain situations. 
And if Coral gets a half uh, with his mobility, he could definitely be a top-end quarterback play on slate. Uh, and people will probably go on their own on him due to the snaps he had last week. However, other people like Baker Mayfield played last week, and those snaps are now more available for Coral. Uh, I don't expect to see McCaffrey. I'm not sure even if we see Chuba Hubbard. Uh, and Giovanni Ricci is a tight end, actually. So despite being listed here at running back, he is a tight end on the team. He is a running back on the site. And he actually will play quite a bit at tight end, but I'm not really looking for him. I think Spencer Brown is my preferred running back here. Uh, he saw 29% of the snaps in week one. If Chuba Hubbard does not play here, we could see a more extensive run even for Brown than we did last week. Uh, looking at the receivers, Rashawn Henry, you see, played 65% of the snaps in week one. He has zero catches on those. Uh, that is something Rashawn Henry does. He typically runs wind sprints down the sidelines. If he does catch one or get a touchdown or a target, it's likely to go for a long touchdown. Uh, so he is still a great play, uh, a GPP option where people probably aren't going to go. But you see a lot of the snaps were to back-end guys like Zilstra, Kirkwood, Rambo, Henry, and Derek Wright. I expect to see the same here. Um, Shai Smith is questionable. He's a bit banged up, and I'm not sure how much Rashad Higgins will see here. So I definitely say the back end guys are viable to some extent. Looking at the tight ends, we have a lot of issues at tight end here for the Panthers. Uh, Tremble, Ian Thomas, Stephen Sullivan, Colin Thompson, and Josh Babbitts are all banged up or questionable for this game. Jared Scott is the only guy listed here that will play for sure. And then also you have to factor in that Giovanni Ricci is also a tight end as well. So Jared Scott's a great play. Uh, Ricci is an okay play as well due to the fact that he is going to play quite a bit and he could catch the ball. The issue is I don't know if he can really get there at running back um, to really make things work. However, on Fandle, he is a tight end. So I think on Fandle, you need to make sure you keep Giovanni Ricci in your thoughts when making things happen. All right, moving on to the Patriots. So currently with New England, we have had rumors that the starters are going to play. Apparently, they've been very poor thus far during the preseason and have not looked good on offense. I don't know how much we're going to see the starters play. I still think we see a significant amount of Bailey Zappi, and we don't see tons of Mac Jones or Brian Hoyer. Uh, looking at the running backs, Damian Harris, Ramondre, again, like these guys are expected to play with Ty Montgomery. They did not play much, if at all, in week one, but we might see a more extended run here for them, which would limit the running backs uh, sort of out of favor for New England. Again, I'm not quite sure that we will see that. So there's still definitely some uh, usage out of Taylor Strong and Kevin Harris for me in the back end, guys. Uh, looking at the receivers, so we have Christian Wilkerson got concussed the other day in practice, and they did not play Parker, Myers, Bourne, and Aguilar in week one. So if they run out the starters for like maybe a quarter, there is still an extensive time frame in which Trey Nixon, Lil Jordan Humphrey, and Josh Hammond will play. I also think Tyquan Thornton maybe can get extended run here if he gets some run in with the starters and then continues with the backups. Um, my three favorite receivers here are sort of Thornton, uh, Nixon, and Humphrey due to week one. Uh, Hammond's still an option, but I think he's a little bit further down the list than them. Uh, with the starters expected to start, John U. Smith could be an option at tight end. Uh, again, the position is relatively weak heading into tonight's slate. So anyone you can sort of play that maybe could produce uh, – any sort of volume at all is an option. So I think John is definitely an option. Uh, Sokol played 82% of snaps in week one. I don't expect we see that again this week. Aussie Aussie is available. He can play. John Smith is going to play. He did not play in week one. So I think Sokol 
is not much of a receiving threat at all. And when you remove a mass volume of snaps for him, it makes him a little bit less valuable. Uh, in terms of defense, we won't really talk about defenses tons today because there is three games instead of one. But basically what you're trying to do is attack the weakest perceived quarterback options. And then also if the quarterbacks are mobile and could run into mistakes, that's where you want to be. Um, it is possible New England guy, New England defense is pretty strong here. We have P.J. Walker and Matt Corral likely to get the whole game. They are probably not as strong of options as um, some of the other quarterbacks on the slate. And they're also a bit mobile, especially Coral, who could run into some issues. All right, next game we move to is the Saints and the Packers. So Jameis Winston is not expected to play in the preseason week two. Um, I don't expect much of Andy Dalton. We talked about it last week when they were on the slate. Uh, he is an established guy. There's not really much reason to play him. Likely Ian Book is the most used quarterback of the day today. He probably will have a higher snap count than every other quarterback um, in terms of percentage-wise on the day, I would say. So Ian Book's definitely a top-end quarterback option for tonight's slate. Looking at running backs, we don't expect Kamara and Ingram to play. And Dwayne Washington did play last week and was utilized quite a bit. As you see, it was a pretty even three running back workload. So if we remove Dwayne Washington and we sort of disperse, you see that Jones, Abram Smith, and Ozigbo should all get a pretty equal load due to what we saw in week one. So it's realistic that they all get 30 to 40% of the snaps, which is a pretty solid amount tonight because none of the receiving or running back rooms are that thin. Some receiving rooms are, the running backs are not as much. Um, looking at the receivers, I don't love the receivers tons. We are a bit deeper here than we will be on some of the other teams. If you want to take a deep end flyer on Quan Baker or Kirk Merrick or any of the other receivers, you can. Uh, the only way that that would change is if we get word that Alave and Marquez Callaway and Traquan Smith are not playing. As of right now, we expect them to play. They did play a pretty decent amount in week one, and you can totally include them in a GPP run as well. Uh, looking at the tight end position, as you see here, it's very full. There is a lot of tight ends. Yes, some people are a little bit banged up, but I don't love the tight end situation here. You're going to have probably four to five guys at least uh, eating up some snaps. So it's not really a tight end situation where I would go to. Uh, that over to the Green Bay Packers. So we do not expect to see Aaron Rodgers. Last week, we saw Jordan Love play quite a bit more than Danny Etling. I would expect similar type of rotation this week, uh, which makes Love one of the better quarterback options on the slate. Really wouldn't touch Danny Etling. I don't think he plays enough to really get much value out of him. Uh, so the top three running backs on the team are not expected to play much. They did sign Dexter Williams just prior to last week, and we did see him eat some back end stuff. However, they did cut B.J. Baylor this week. So this situation is very prime for running backs. Uh, Tyler Goodson is one of my favorite running backs on the slate, along with Patrick Taylor. I think Williams is usable, but I think more back end. I definitely think they are going to use Taylor and Goodson a bit more here than anything else. Moving to the receivers, um, as you see, we don't expect any of the top end guys to play. And uh, Danny Davis played quite a bit last week and likely will not play today due to an injury. They did sign Travis Fulgham uh, yesterday or two days ago. So he is now on the team, but I wouldn't expect tons with him. When you remove all that, you're down to five guys. It was pretty clear in week one that they wanted to give those four guys, Amari Rogers, Dubes, Samari Torre, and Jawan Winfrey the run. What I will note here is Romeo Dubes is having such a hype train going with him. And I love him as a player. I think he's a very solid player. Uh, he really produced at Nevada. But... 
you see here, he played about half the snaps of Rodgers and about 60% of what Samari Torrey played. Those guys are going to be a lot less owned, I think, in GPPs than that of Romeo Dubes, and they likely will have more opportunities than him. So I think that's a good spot to gain some leverage here and get some of these other guys instead of Dubes, who will likely be more chalky. Um, in the tight end room, we saw Josiah Degara play quite a bit last week, and Degara is a pretty decent receiving option as a tight end. Um, he was used in the past game quite a bit at Cincinnati. I think that he's one of the better tight end plays on the slate as well. All right, last game of the night, we have Houston versus the Rams. This will be one of the most shallow rooms we will see all preseason that really I've ever seen um, when we get to the Rams. But starting with Houston, so Kyle Allen has returned to practice with uh, missing last week due to COVID. So with his return and Davis Mills already playing in week one, Lovey Smith has not really said who's going to play. I find it difficult to imagine Driscoll gets 87% of the snaps again. So with that, I think he is still an option as a quarterback, but a more lower end one compared to some of the other guys. At running back, it's pretty clear that Marlon Mack and Damian Pierce are the top two guys. Uh, Rex Burkhead is a long-term veteran that they probably will not use here. Once you remove those guys, it's Royce Freeman and Dari Ogunbowale. When you look at the snap counts last week, Royce Freeman played 62% of the snaps. I don't really see tons more snaps going to Marlon Mack and Damian Pierce here. And if that's the case, you could be looking at Freeman getting a 10 to 15 touch type of game tonight, which is really, really strong in the running back uh, situations tonight. So I really like Freeman. I think Ogumbawale has a chance to see an uptick in snaps. 5% was really light in week one. Uh, so that's something to note with Houston. The receivers, uh, so Connor Weddington ran 65% of snaps last week. Uh, he did have a couple catches. As you see, though, every receiver pretty much played except for Brandon Cooks. Uh, Drew Estrada is also banged up. I'm not sure if he'll play. But when you're looking at it, you see an 8-9 to nine, uh, receiving situation. If you want to use some of these guys in GPPs, I think that's totally fine. But again, they're not as good as some of the other situations. Moving to the tight end situation. So Farrell Brown has not practiced uh, as of two days ago. And Brevin Jordan is not looking 100%. So it's realistic that they do not play uh, Brevin Jordan here. And with Curantiano uh, and Eau Claire possibly banged up as well and out, you could see a situation here where it's basically Seth Green and Mason Shrek. Seth Green to me is a much better offensive and receiving option than that of Shrek. So I definitely would prefer him over Shrek. However, if you're running GPPs, probably including both makes sense. Okay, over to that of the Rams. So it's been rumored that John Wolford's going to play the first half. Bryce Perkins is going to play the second half. If that's true, Perkins is still a solid option due to his mobility. We saw last week, I think he put up the top score of all quarterbacks last week. Uh, he did play a significant amount more than he is expected to in this game. But even with the half, due to his mobility, Perkins is an elite level quarterback option on this slate. Um, I probably wouldn't touch Wolford much because I think he's capped at a half. If he leaves early, let's say he only gets a quarter, which is totally within the realm of possibility, it really would be a knock on him as well. So I do think Perkins has upside to play more than a half, whereas Wolford is pretty capped out at a half. The running back situation here, you have Funk, Calais, A.J. Rose, and Trey Regis. Expect them all to be relatively flat and in a similar sort of expectation between them. You can run them all in GPPs. None of them really stand out, and we do have better rooms. However, there are not the most 
running backs available tonight, that would make sense. So you definitely might want to include them in GPP runs. But again, there's not really anyone that stands out here in terms of this guy's going to get a bulk of the load. Now, on to the thinnest position that I think I've ever seen in terms of receiving core in the preseason, the Rams receivers. So we do not expect Cooper Cup or Allen Robinson to play in the preseason. We know that Van Jefferson is out. We know that Brandon Powell and Jacob Harris are both banged up. Brandon Powell, I guess there is rumors maybe he could play, but apparently he has a knee injury and has been standing off to the side. So we're marking him as out. We don't think he's going to play. J.J. Koski left practice this week with a shoulder injury. That only leaves Lance McCutcheon, Landon Akers, and Austin Trammell as receiving options for the Rams tonight. As you see last week, McCutcheon and Akers played 87% of snaps for the Rams. I don't see how that number gets any lower here. I think we're going to see some two running back sets and some two tight end sets that will alleviate a little bit of the receiving options. But realistically, there's a situation tonight where McCutcheon, Akers, and Trammell are the only receivers that play for the Rams. So all three are fantastic options, both in cash and in GPP. Um, I do think that Skowernek and Atwell will probably be available if they're needed, but I wouldn't recommend playing them uh, for DFS purposes. More so that like, I do think they will be available. Maybe we'll get a little bit of run just to alleviate some of the snaps on the other guys. Uh, tight end situation, we see last week, Bland, Hopkins, Roger Carter all played a reasonable amount of snaps. I think they're all viable options in GPP from a tight end perspective and you can run. So looking at the overall uh, slate tonight, I think from a quarterback uh, position, I think that Ian Book is the most locked-in quarterback for extended room that also does have some mobility. So he's probably the top end. I think Coral and Perkins are great options as well. Probably don't have as much um, in them as the others. In terms of running backs, um, I think Spencer Brown is a good GPP play. I think there could be more run into Spencer Brown than we saw last week. And then there's also some other running back situations with thinner rooms that maybe have three guys. I think those are the more spots you want to attack than maybe that with four guys in the room. Uh, receivers, lots of great GPP plays. The best rooms are definitely the Rams and the Packers. The Patriots could also be that. However, we have heard rumors that they're going to start the starters, which therefore would limit some back-end guys. Those are the three best rooms. The other three teams are a bit more um, spread out at receiver. They do have some guys that maybe would be viable, but they're definitely worse than some of the guys that we see in these other teams. Uh, tight ends, I definitely think Seth Green is an option. I think there are a couple rooms that are a bit more thin here um, than other areas. So I think there's definitely some tight ends to play. No one really stands out. Jonu Smith, I think, is also an option due to the fact that we expect the Patriots tight ends to start in this game. All right, everyone, that's going to wrap it up for us today. We'll be back tomorrow, I believe, with a live show, so make sure you guys tune in for that. And as always, make sure you guys keep up with all news and notes in the Discord. Uh, we will post any inactive news that we see as the day trickles on, so make sure you guys are there. Preseason is all about reacting and making changes based on news. All right, everyone, have a good day. Good luck to everyone tonight. We'll see you guys tomorrow.